You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 462. This is the first one of... 2024 for us, which is wild. We've been doing this for nine years now. Here we are still still trying to make it work with Steph in a different country and her computer not charging quite perfectly and me over here just trying to survive with sick kids and, and get through the season. So welcome. If you're a mess, you are in the right place. Today, our topics are going to include the future of well-fed women, best ways to detox your liver, Pilates and bar. Does it actually count as exercise? Crockpots and heavy metals and tips for exhausted moms. We'll have all the tips. Welcome, Stephanie, in your light pink, which I was calling yeah, I would say it's more okay. of a medium tone. It's more of a medium tone, but it's definitely a definitely a warm pink. Actually, I had some trips planned abroad and I have canceled them. Really? Yeah, for a whole bunch of reasons. One of them is that I just want to stay here though. <laughs> Good for you. So yeah. So yeah. And I'm excited to talk about the future of well-fed women. If there are any changes forthcoming. I will be finding out at the same time y'all are finding out. So it would be really nice to hear what Noelle has to say about that. <laughs> no, it's just, it was just a question that somebody had. So <laughs> yes, I, I I now realize I made it sound like you're in another country now, but no, that's just been what's it has happened, what's happened in the last nine years. You, you recording in a different country and there are many countries, right? I mean, it was Spain, it was France and obviously the UK. Yeah. Those are the only countries that I've lived in since we actually went to podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're home. Now I'm home. I'm very home. All I do is talk about how at home I am, like existentially, professionally, socially. I am in my lane. 2023 was my year. Go 2024 ahead. might 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 be like it might be an even greater year. You know how a lot of people always say like, oh, I love becoming more of an adult or hitting my 30s or hitting my 40s because I'm like so solid in who I am and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit late to that train, but I'm on the train and I'm like, choo, choo. <laughs> I wish you all could have just seen that. I don't I think you're at the right. I think you're on the right train. Like, I think probably right <laughs> when you hit 35 is like when you're like, what do I care about what other people think? Like. I'm just. I always thought I didn't. I always thought I didn't care, but I keep on like peeling back more layers of not caring. I'm like, this is awesome. Let's keep going. It's really not something you can you realize until. I mean, you just can't. It's a realization you finally have once you actually are there. It's like you can't. You can hear people talk about it, and I've even heard people say like, "Oh, my 40s are." I've never felt better in terms of like how I feel about myself and my confidence and what I care about. Like, I just don't care anymore. I'm, I'm so solid in who I am. So I'm looking forward to that too, because it'll be fun. I do feel like sometimes your thirties are a transitional period where you obviously start to care less about other people and start to be rooted in what's, you know, valuable to you. But 
there's also a lot of pressure. And yeah, it's just like for women in particular, it's kind of like this this time where you're supposed to get everything done and be all the things and do all the things. And so that's it's just a totally new, different type of struggle. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what where in the world is Stephanie in her life and her work and what is she doing? And you told me you had some updates. So give them to me because I want them I, all. Yeah, I have a huge update and it's really important. And I really want to share it with y'all. And I We'll try not to talk about it for too long, but it has to do with my physical health. And so if we end up talking about it, like maybe that's okay. So Noel and I often say that it's very important to do your own research and to listen to a wide variety of authorities when it comes to health, your health and what you do about your health. And I really hope y'all have been practicing that because I've been talking about something I was doing for me that ended up being really terrible for me. I have been working on my headaches my whole life, not my whole life, but like for a lot of my life. And I've always got a bunch of theories and they've been like getting kind of worse progressively over the course of the last couple of years, slowly. And then Mm. I was theorizing over the summer that maybe had something to do with my MTHFR thing, which I never really did intentional work on. And I'm interested in improving my health in general in a wide variety of ways. So I decided to start supplementing with B vitamins. If anybody was watching the video right now, I just picked up my hand to scratch my forehead like, oh, here we go. So one of Stephanie's tells. I started, I know, I like, I have to take my hair down so I can play with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signal my distress. (laughs) So um, (laughs) I started supplementing with B vitamins and I felt great for a short bit. And then everything started getting like I started feeling like any benefits I was getting were tapping out. I was definitely having a, certain things that happened for people with B vitamins, not uncommonly. It was definitely happening for me was like, you know, racing heart, like some weird stuff with sleep, but my sleep was always weird. So it was hard to tell. And the things that had been improving, like my headaches, and my light sensitivity were all this that were, were starting to get like, were like worse or definitely not better. So I kind of stopped supplementing <laughs> But I I posted something about it on Twitter and somebody came back to me and was like, hey, there's like a support group for people with vitamin B6 toxicity. Because if you, a lot of people who supplement with B6, not a lot, but I don't know, a lot, people who supplement with B6 can end up like way like overdoing it or it becomes a problem for them, whatever. Hmm. And I had kind of, you know, like read like about some upper limits, but whatever, you know, everybody's always just, I don't know. The, The discourse on B vitamins says- well, they're water-soluble. You just pee them out. So let's all take several thousand more than the daily recommended dose. Why? <laughs> Why? And so, okay, so so that that was all of that. Here's something that's wild to me in retrospect. And, and I, I regret not thinking about this sooner, but at least I caught it when I did. Why do we think that having a thousand times a day they recommend a dose of something in our bloodstream is fine? <laughs> yeah. So vitamin B6 is a known neurotoxin. Like neurologists know this. When people come in with nerve problems, they screen them for excess vitamin B6 because uh, at a certain point, it starts to kill nerve cells. And 
the the problem is that all of the studies, the majority of the studies have been done on people taking like really, really high doses. And so the upper limit is really, really high. But B6, like a lot of things, like it doesn't just float in your blood, it is stored in your cells. And so your blood levels can test normal, but you can you can be like, it can be stored to really high levels in your cells. A lot of things in the body actually operate this way. We store everything everywhere. So B6 gets stored in your muscles and in your nerve cells. And so theoretically to me, like these studies are done on people supplementing, but if they don't have a lot of B6 stored in their muscles and their nerve cells, a high amount of supplementing could be fine for a while, you know, and, and everybody is different and we all have different kinds of sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. like it's B vitamin stuff in general. Now, how, now this is all a theory and I might end up disproving it. I'm testing it right now. It's, it's all being tested. So take all of this with a grain of salt and I'm learning about it. And there's not a ton of studies about this. If you want to read more, understanding B6toxicity.com is where like all the people who have gone through this gather and there's like a support group on Facebook and there's been a handful of studies have done done and that's like it. And the experimenters like experimented on themselves. <laughs> like that's how self-contained this body of literature is. So my headaches really took started taking off in high school. And something that I did a lot of in high school was eat Special K. <laughs> special K with red berries has two milligrams of vitamin B6 in one cup. I used to eat a box a day and one cup of Special K with red berries is just about two times the recommended dose. So I was already like way exceeding my recommended dose of B6. And then, like, I think I accidentally ate B6, like, huge quantities of it for a long time. It's in fortified cereals. It's in a lot of hydration things. It's in uh, energy things. It's in basically all fruits and vegetables. I mean, I used to eat more greens than anybody I've ever met. And for the last couple of years, I, I feel like I started to notice that eating greens and especially cabbage, and I would sit and eat like, I would just sit and chew on cabbage while I like studied. And I would think that I would be doing something really nourishing because I'm getting a tight of vitamins. But anyway, I think I was accidentally eating a ton of B6 and it's in like a lot of the stereotypical healthy foods. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my theory is like, I filled up my B6 stores early on And then I never emptied them. And then when I started supplementing in the last few months, I got into like a a real big, real big issues. Hmm. B6 starts to kill nerve cells and and primarily it kills little ones. (laughs) And there's a lot of little ones all over your body and they regulate a bunch of stuff, including your senses and your autonomic system, which is like the automatic things that your body does. One of those things is uh, regulate how much blood your body makes. I have all these symptoms related to being like chronically dehydrated and I hydrate obsessively. And, but the theory is that when you have small fiber polyneuropathy, you have less blood circulating in your system, which can lead to a whole bunch of symptoms, including the weird tightness that causes like basically all my headaches and light sensitivity. So for the last several weeks, I've been through this like kind of crazy, they call it recoil. (laughs) withdraw period where I've been so light sensitive, like opening my eyes in the morning has been hard. And I tear up when I look out the window 
or I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit better now. And the, my sensitivity to headaches has been just like extraordinary. You, your body will work through it and your nerve cells will work through it, but I have to eat a diet lower than the daily recommended dose of B6. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Have um, you ever I'm, tried or thought about saunas? So like sweating a ton, rehydrating a ton, like to support. It's very interesting. So I've been taking, I've been taking a lot of baths and that helps. Because a lot of the, all this pain stuff is about like what happens with your blood vessels, you know, like your nerves. I always knew that nerves, and I've said this on the podcast before, like nerves are sandwiched between muscles and blood vessels. It never occurred to me that a bunch of my nerves might be functioning subpar or dead. And that's why like there's pain there, but I've been taking a lot of baths because it relaxes the muscles. Love to get you a sauna blanket. Maybe you can have mine. Well, yeah, I don't, but being dehydrated is the worst, like yeah. the worst, the worst for me. So I'm very wary of saunas, but bathing, I know has a similar effect. So don't give me a sauna blanket yet. Yeah. So I think I'm improving and I'm eating a really low B6 diet. Unfortunately, B6 is in everything. I find it so odd though, that like, have you seen a lot of magne magnesium supplements will put B6 in because in the literature, it says taking, you know, magnesium with sufficient B6 leads to X, Y, and Z thing, which is great. But I don't understand, like in more recent times, I just don't, I can't get behind that. Cause I'm like, we all get plenty of B6, if, especially everybody listening. So much. So like half the daily recommended dose in one egg yolk. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like we get plenty of B6 and, and I think my my theory is that, well, like, yeah, B6 does catalyze these things. That's why I started taking it. And the MTHFR stuff, I was like, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't have enough. Maybe, maybe. I think a lot of the studies done, like a lot of people improve when they take B6 and they, but they might have, they might have B6 poor diets. Like if you eat a ton of cake and a ton of fast food, you don't eat any vegetables. Yeah, you're not eating greens, right? Yeah. Then you, yeah, you may be deficient in B6, although chicken's got a ton. So I don't know. I mean- there's a lot of chicken in, in in the even in the sad diet. But also, if people start supplementing and they see immediate improvement, these studies aren't done on people for long term. I mean, that immediate improvement might just be because B vitamins do like I mean, especially it depends. And if people are supplementing just with B6 or with all the B vitamins, because the whole host of B vitamins, like they all do different stuff. They could have different effects. And like B6 does jumpstart your nerves and does catalyze a bunch of reactions. And so it can help facilitate those. And I feel like when I first started taking it, like I was looking at the bright sky, I was like, ta-da, I've made it. <laughs> and now like I, I open my eyes in the morning and I'm like instantly in pain. And when the sun sets, I instantly feel better. It's wild. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's it's okay awful. though. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm being called into a season of rest and I'm at home yeah. and I love my home and yeah, anyways, that's that's wild. It is <laughs> Sorry, wild. I <laughs> I will say I am always wary of taking multivitamins in general. You know, the highest quality sources of B vitamins can come from your diet. You know, you just have to, of course, be intentional, and that's what we're what we preach here a lot, especially with <laughs> grass fed meats and organ meats and eggs and all the stuff. And even taking like a desiccated liver supplement is is great if you're super low or you can't get organ meats in or whatever. But it is a really when you learn how there's a synergistic nature between and among nutrients in the body, it, it 
it's no question to me why people feel crappy sometimes or have major nutrient deficiencies when they're supplementing with a bunch of random things because other things are thrown out of out of whack. So food first always. Of course, there are certain circumstances in which you might need to supplement with a, with a nutrient here or there. Of course, magnesium being one and probiotics. I mean, there's a couple that we talk about a lot that are generally good for most people, but isn't it wild? It's just so wild. It's so, yeah. it's so our, our culture is so, you know, and I just, it's wild. Why do you have to put a thousand percent of vitamins in breakfast cereal? Like I just, our culture is wild, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fortified <laughs> foods, folks, fortified foods. It's, it's when we stopped eating nutrient dense foods and we started eating cereals, we had to like throw a bunch of stuff in there so that they would actually have nutrients. So, Yeah. I am so excited to announce that subscriptions are available on my favorite digestive enzyme ever. It has completely changed my digestion. I take it every single day. And now through February 1st, 2024, you can actually subscribe for two bottles every three months at 20% off. And if you're listening to this after February 1st, you can still sign up for a subscription. It'll be 15% off. Let me tell you why this has changed my life. I found something called Digestive Complex. It has a blend of 10 different enzymes, including lactase to help with dairy and protease for protein digestion, and a blend of herbs like licorice and marshmallow root, which are calming for the stomach. It also has hydrochloric acid, which is often suppressed when we're stressed. I randomly just get digestive issues occasionally, especially if I'm traveling or eating out. And I also notice it when I'm upping my protein intake or I tend to have a higher protein day. And so taking these digestive enzymes specifically at dinner when I tend to eat a lot of protein has made such a huge difference. I am not exaggerating when I tell you it's completely changed my digestion. Digestive Complex is a synergistic formula that provides support for healthy digestion and relief from occasional discomforts such as gas, bloating, and indigestion. I think just about everyone should have a bottle on hand to proactively help your body digest food especially if you're dealing with a chronic condition or you're under stress or going through a season of stress. I also find that it's really important a lot of people are deficient in nutrients. And when you bring in a digestive enzyme, you're allowing your body to digest nutrients better. So you're absorbing your nutrients better and you're at a lower risk of experiencing a deficiency. For a limited time, you can get 10% off Digestive Complex. Go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash digestive. Again, that's mdlogichealth.com forward slash digestive. Use code WELLFED for 10% off or sign up for a subscription like me. You can get two bottles every three months for 20% off for the life of the subscription as long as you have it, as long as you sign up before February 1st. If you're listening to this after February 1st, no problem. Sign up for a subscription and you'll get 15% off. Discussion question for today is what's the future of the Well-Fed Women podcast and what are some upcoming projects, work-related or personal, you both are looking forward to? The future of the Well-Fed Women podcast, this is funny because somebody asked me today, actually yesterday, about like, oh, what's your future plans for 2024? And here we are. It's the first (laughs) 2024. And I'm always like, I don't know, keep doing what I'm doing. Like, I just going to do what I like to do and keep doing that. Like I never have any clear, I don't set goals. I don't have any clear answers. I have no goals. I have no goals in life. I just, just want to keep doing better. So I 
really for the podcast, as long as Stephanie wants to keep showing up, I'm just going to keep showing up and doing it. I, I do really, of course, love it. It's probably my favorite thing that I get to do uh, because I, I love connecting with all of you. I like providing a platform in which we can ask the hard questions and have discussions and be open about it. You know, some of these really hard topics, like I'm really excited about some of the interviews I have coming up. I really wanted to dive into some of these deeper, hard topics that are are confusing for people. I feel like so many people have aha moments, which I do too, with some of these interviews. And that's what I am good at is I'm a questioner. And so when I have somebody on, I have so many questions for them. And, <laughs> you know, we get to hopefully most of them, but it's what I love to do. And I want to keep doing that. And so as long as Steph is willing to keep showing up and hanging out with me, we're just going to keep doing it. Do you have any other thoughts or opinions on the podcast? Uh, yeah, we do have a plan. We do have a plan. And that is in the spring of this year, we will possibly do a photo shoot. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Updating <laughs> the cover image after six, six and a half, seven years. That might be in the plan. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so excited to keep participating and, and contributing. And I feel like I've kind of throughout all this time meandered and done all this different stuff that is now coming together in a way that that feels right. I'm going to keep doing my work. I think I've shared with you all that I'm ghostwriting. I'm helping other people write their books uh, and I love it. And I help people uh, write books about like physical and emotional health and performance. And so I learn a ton and I get to like bring it here and I don't necessarily get to tell you where I get it from, but I get, and, and um, I just feel like I'm out here and, and I'm also, I am working on my, you know, my own books still about spiritual health in the modern world. And those will come out eventually. Uh, but I just, I'm going to keep working on like empowerment and flourishing and how we do that. And how rare is it to be in a space where you can approach it in such a multifaceted way? Here on the podcast, we have always been about you got to have friendship and community and sunlight and exercise and nutrition and community and like all of the parts of all of the dimensions of health are important. And Noelle has done a brilliant job of tying all of that together, you know, and, and we focus a lot on food because that's important, but, you know, and so I'm just, yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy to be in my lane. I can't wait for 2024 and like, yeah, keep being a part of this. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy for you. I feel like you're, you're kind of like, You've, you've laid a foundation for the next season of life, which is really exciting. Yeah. We love seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Upcoming projects related or personal. I, I really, uh, or work related or personal. I really, I'm excited about well minerals. I have, I really want to figure out how to make this kid's magnesium product. I want to come up with a multi-mineral of some sort or mineral drops. And so that's just you know, it's going to be slow going, but I'm excited about that because I do feel like that's me. That's something I can have control over for the most part, as opposed to feeling like I don't like I I can't check all the boxes. I, I like to have all the, the boxes checked when I'm, you know, promoting something uh -huh. or talking about something. 2024, 
let me, this is going to sound stupid, but okay. I'm thinking about getting a sauna, like an actual walk-in sit in the sauna. So I'm really excited about that because I've been talking with Ken about that uh, the last few weeks and I've been keep, I keep dropping hints. And every time I see a post come through, that's like a research on saunas and stuff. I send it to him and he's like, so are we getting a sauna? Like what's going on? I'm like, yeah, actually we are. Let's plan for it in 2024. So we're just kind of mapping that out and what what that looks like and all that kind of stuff because it's really helped my physical pain and chronic pain and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I'm in a good spot with physical therapy and really understanding my body. I'm working with Alyssa on my neurological health. Like I kind of feel like, oh, I get it now. Like I have a new sense and awareness of pain and like how it happens in the body. So I'm I'm really excited to kind of move forward in this new phase. And then my husband turns 40 this year. So we are going to Siesta Keys for his birthday. I've never been down to like that, that Florida beach area. So that's something big that I'm looking forward to this year. Otherwise, I'm just excited about Well Minerals and to just keep kind of doing what I'm doing without feeling like I, I'm on a like, you know, on a rat race trying to keep up. Like, I just kind of want to keep up with what I want to do. So. Yeah. Yes. I'm here for that. I've talked about myself a bunch today, so I think I've covered basically all of that. I'm just okay. Cool. I'm here to keep being on my way also. So question number one is from a Martin. She says best ways to detox your liver. Also, how often should we be sweating? My first question in response to this question is why do you want to detox your liver? I actually, I think it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting framing. How do I detox the detoxer? Because <laughs> the liver is the body's detoxer. Right, How do right. I, de- I like that. I would say like support the liver. The liver is the detoxer. Yes. So if you support the liver, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep itself clean. The liver's, <laughs> the liver's really good at self-care. Like, like it, it sets boundaries is what I mean. It will take care of itself so that it can take care of other things. The liver has to work in order for it to take care of other things. Obviously, I'm oversimplifying, but I think, you know, I, th- I think health is is really holistic and we want to support our livers. And uh, something that we often recommend when we talk about liver health is B vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just keep I just keep thinking about that. I'm not going to I'm not going to recommend supplementing with anything right now <laughs> but, uh, for reasons. Um, please uh, skip back to the chit chat at the beginning of this podcast. Eating liver is great. Uh, other nutrient-dense foods like greens and eggs, that's great. Being properly hydrated is so great. So I think I, I told Noel this once, <laughs> quick aside, because I'm gonna because we're gonna if we're gonna talk about hydrating, we might talk about LMNT. And I had told Noel once that it gave me headaches and I didn't understand, but I but some of the LMNT has element, right, has stevia in it. And stevia gives me headaches uh, because it's a vasodilator. Anyway, so I figured that out recently. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Okay. But like, again, like this whole thing about vasodilating is very specific to me and this thing that I'm going through. And I don't think a lot of people are going through. I think it's quite rare. So I'm not recommending to anybody that they abstain from from those kinds of things or eating foods with B vitamins in them because B vitamins are very important. So, (laughs) So do those things. Hydrate well. Consider element, which is a great great hydration company. A lot of hydration companies throw B vitamins into their stuff. So take a look. Element does not. Why do they do this? It's so crazy. When I was reviewing Element, I'll link to it in the show notes, but 
I talked about this literature on salt and best and worst flavors. And then I compared it to other brands. So many brands put like multivitamins, like they treat it like a multivitamin. I'm like, no, this is just, just making an electrolyte. Stop throwing all this unnecessary stuff in an electrolyte supplement. Yeah. Wild. And, and, and I was looking for an electrolyte supplement that like doesn't have all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but something I do, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, and it's what I'm drinking right now is um, I do a little bit of salt and lemon I squeeze lemon and that gives the lemon adds potassium. The salt adds the sodium. So anyway, hydration is great. I mentioned egg yolks. Uh, choline is great for the liver. Very important. Very important. In fact, choline deficiency is affiliate is associated with fatty liver disease uh, and supplementing with choline or eating egg yolks uh, can go a long way towards help with that. So big fan of that. And I guess like Noel would up would noel knows way more about this than i do but a lifestyle that's free of like heavy metals is those things are in our lives and they get stored in our bodies <laughs> and the liver has to process them so whatever you yes. can do and uh, also having really good regular digestion is great because if you are constipated or, you know, if you if you're if the stuff that you need to excrete is sitting in your gut for longer than ideal, <laughs> um, it can reabsorb back in your bloodstream and then your liver has to deal with it again. So, yeah, regular digestion is also really awesome for your liver. Those are some tips. Yeah. And I just want to sh share the other side of the coin, too, which is perfectly explained. You want to support your liver. Not it doesn't need a detox. And it's just it's just such a buzzword. And a lot of people will say, oh, your liver, it's all this stuff is stored in it and it's then it's not going to work properly. OK, we I can get behind that. I can I can get behind the idea that your body can and does store toxins. It stores toxins and fat and all, you know, all over you. And so you do need to detoxify it. That is what the liver does. So if your liver <laughs> is burdened by the enormous amount of toxins, aka alcohol or, you know, smoking, heavy metals, like you said, uh, fragrance, parabens, like all these things that the majority, like a person is exposed to a normal person, I would say, maybe somebody who's not thinking about their health is is exposing their body to on a daily basis. Your liver is probably not going to work properly because it is overburdened. It's, it has a load that it can't sufficiently manage. And so the number one thing that you can do to support your liver is to remove the things, the toxins that it has to or reduce your exposure to the things that it has to detoxify. Number one being, well, I will say it, number one being alcohol, like it's a neurotoxin. It's it puts a huge burden on your liver if you're drinking daily and you expect your body to also be able to excrete and detox, you know, used hormones and support hormone balance and all that, you're going to be on the struggle bus. Like it just, it can't, it can't happen. Another thing that elevates or puts a burden on the liver is chronic stress. So chronically elevated cortisol puts stress on the liver. Your liver is responsible for providing glucose or energy in emergencies. And if you're in a, con a constant state of this chronic cortisol output, you're going to have to deal with possible adrenal dysfunction and decreased sex hormone production and hormone imbalances and insulin resistance and all that stuff. And there, there's going to be an extra stress put on the liver. So I think that we have to 
be able to take a step back instead of, instead of saying, oh, can I take milk thistle to like detoxify my liver? It's no, let's remove all the toxins and support the liver functioning because the the liver does amazing things. It has something like 500 different functions. It neutralizes toxins so that then they can be eliminated through the gut. So the liver and the gut are kind of this two-part system, in my opinion. I mean, this is just from what I've learned. It may not, this is not exact science, but the liver and the gut work. I think they're kind of our main detoxifying organs. So that's how we get the stuff out of our bodies. And so I think that there's obviously key nutrients the liver needs, B vitamins being one of them, but also magnesium and folate and zinc and selenium and also really high quality protein because the liver works in two phases and phase two is all about high quality amino acids. And that's why we're such a huge fan of high quality grass fed meats and homemade bone broth and all that kind of stuff because it has glycine and glutamine and cysteine and sulfur and all that kind of stuff, which our body takes the things that it shouldn't that shouldn't be there. Or let's say toxins. I have a hard time saying toxins, but in this port, it's actually like a toxin, you know, because like toxins is sort of like this overused word, like oh, toxins yeah. in your skincare. I'm like, well, okay. So <laughs> toxins in your body binds them to things and then helps them be excreted from the body. So I think, do I think all detox programs are bad? No, but I think we need to just look at it as this is a program that's going to allow my body to function a little bit better, to do some clearance, to support my liver, and to help it really focus on the functions that it needs to do. With the liver, Steph mentioned heavy metals. And this is just a reality. We're going to talk about heavy metals and crockpots in just a second. But heavy metals is just kind of a reality of our situation. There's no way that you can remove your, your exposure to all heavy metals, but we can definitely reduce it. So making sure that you're using products, skincare products that test for heavy metals. This is why I personally only use, well, for the most part, my the majority of my skincare is, is beauty counter because they do test for heavy metals. And heavy metals can be contaminated. It's actually mostly uh, contaminated in coffee and, and chocolate, like anything that's a bean. And that's because of production. So shipping and, and manufacturing, a lot of things can become contaminated through that production process because there's a lot of heavy metals in facilities that process things. So the main things, the main places that I would look is making sure that you're clear and, and reducing your overall exposure to things your liver has to detoxify. Number one, in skincare, because you're putting that on your body and your body's absorbing it. Two, cleaning products, just because of the sheer amount of I just gross stuff that's in cleaning products, but also the like how often we're exposed to to cleaning products. You know, we're all cleaning multiple times a day, especially if you're a parent, you're spraying a lot of stuff and you're wiping up a lot of stuff. So cleaning products, especially, and uh, birth control can be a huge burden on the liver. And so, and then of course, I'm, you know, pesticides, herbicides, how are you taking care of your lawn? Are your kids rolling around the grass? Are you rolling around the grass? Is your dog rolling around the grass, bringing it into the house? That sort of thing. So we have to be thoughtful about all those things that re reducing our burden, reducing our our load. And that is really the best thing I think that you can do in addition to, you know, reducing your overall stress. If you really you're like, I'm doing all the things and I don't think my liver is functioning. This is where you work with somebody like a trusted practitioner. There's also, I like herbs. So when we're talking about supporting the liver, of course, you can eat liver. You can take desiccated liver. I really do like herbs because of the way that they 
are immune supportive or can support our adrenals. And Gaia herbs, it's no question. I feel like I recommend Gaia herbs like every week. They have a liver cleanse. And it's just, it does have a little bit of milk thistle, but it has a few other things in there. I think it has ginger and... Uh, this Your answer has gone in a direction I wasn't expecting. <laughs> really? Artichoke. A couple other things. Turmeric. That's what it has. A couple of things that I think are really helpful if you're like, I really just want to support my liver. It's just an herbal supportive liver supplement, Gaia Herbs. And you can get it from their website. I'll link. It's on Amazon too. I'll link to it in the show notes. But I believe Gaia Herbs, when you buy it on Amazon, you're actually buying it direct from them. So I'll link to it, but you can buy it direct from them too. I actually buy my stuff direct from Gaia Herbs. So what were you expecting? Well, no, it's just, it's funny because at the beginning you were like, (laughs) <laughs> milk, milk thistle. Then you're like, here's a supplement. That's <laughs> because I'm just kidding. Kidding. people are still like, but I'm doing it. And I want to, I want the thing. Like, well, yeah. And, and also, I mean, and that's, we here we hold the complexity, right. And so we can be critical of certain aspects of our society or think about ways that they could be done better, but still engage them or see their value. You know what I mean? Like nothing is, nothing yeah. is none, of, none of our options for any of this are perfect. And so we do our best. And that includes like, yeah, that if you want to supplement, like, yeah, that, that could be helpful for you. I mean, obviously there's tons of studies where supplements are very helpful for people all the time. And like your magnesium supplement is awesome. Like how many people are like, wow, no, well, your magnesium, you know what I mean? Like yeah. supplements aren't, they can be great. It's my point. Yes, clearly they, I take it every night. It helps me. So. I have not stopped taking magnesium or L-theanine. Okay, question number two is from Jessica Jones. She said, I've heard personal trainers say Pilates and bar aren't worth our time. Is that true? It's funny. I've actually, um, I did Pilates yesterday morning and bar actually, like at home on YouTube. Yeah, of course not worth your time. This really ticks me off though. Like (laughs) if you're going to enjoy it, like what do you, what do you mean worth I just, what is worth your time? What is a fitness professional doing commenting on how you spend your time? That's exactly what I was thinking. My first thought was like, sorry, I don't mean to, maybe what, your trainer's you brain. not worth your time? How, how does somebody else have the authority to say, don't spend your time that way? Like, like if, if something, if something were antagonistic to your health, that's one thing, right? So like, if you're, if you're, if you're in some sort of like stressed out state, you're not sleeping very well and you're going to exercise classes that are like really, let's say they're really hard. Like a, a fitness professional might say like, Hey, like your P90X or your really hard advanced bar, whatever you're, you're getting your heart rate up in a way that might not be great for you right now. That makes sense to me. Or, you know, if you're doing a lot of like chronic cardio, say you're at, I don't know, like Pilates is relatively gentle. It's like critiquing yoga. What's, what's wrong with how you spend your time? It's not, it's definitely not bad for you. And if you're enjoying it, it's definitely, I would say it's definitely good for you. <laughs> it's movement. It doesn't have, you don't have to get your heart rate to 180 beats per minute every time you exercise. Bond Charge is one of my favorite holistic wellness brands with a wide range of evidence-based products. And I just invested in a couple new ones from blue light blocking glasses to EMF management to their new infrared sauna blankets and PEMF mats. Bond Charge has all the high quality and effective products you are looking for. I just ordered the Bond Charge red light face mask to get all the anti-aging benefits of red light for my skin. It is so easy to set up and use. Red light actually stimulates the mitochondria in your face skin cells, 
which then direct your cells to produce more collagen. This can help brighten and firm your skin and reduce wrinkles and fine lines. I also just got their new PEMF mat, which I'm obsessed with. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field. Basically, it's a mat that gives off low-frequency waves that penetrate through your skin, down to your muscles and tissues. It can actually regenerate nerves by stimulating nerve cells to grow. It helps improve immune function. It improves blood circulation and inflammation. And my favorite part, it relieves muscle aches, provides pain relief, and actually activates bone cartilage cell stimulation. I now love to lay on it and sit on it daily. I lay it on my bed and lay on it while I'm watching TV at night. Bond Charges Pemph Mat has different settings for sleep and focus or relaxation. And my favorite part is that they also have red and near-infrared light, so you can get the benefits of red light therapy while laying on the mat. And it has settings with far-infrared light, just like the sauna blankets, which heats your body up from the inside to improve detoxification and release tension. In other words, this mat does it all. I also use my Bond Charge blue light blocking glasses at night, my computer glasses to reduce blue light when I'm looking at screens. And of course, I still use my sauna blanket and I love it. Bond Charge has 20% off all of these things. Go to bondcharge.com forward slash wellfed. Use coupon code wellfed for 20% off. That's bondcharge, B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com forward slash wellfed. And use coupon code wellfed to save 20% off sauna blankets, PEMF mats, red light therapy face masks, and so much more. It's it's really, it, it the true, well, it's like, where is this question coming from? Not from her, from Jessica, but like personal trainers. Where where is this these where are these comments coming from? Oh, it's not worth your time. And it's really just rooted in like fitness elitism where it's like what I do is the best. Like this is what you should everybody should be doing. Fitness isn't just where am I getting you know the best possible health health outcomes. Of course we all want to be healthy, but like Studies show that you can do a variety of different movements and see a variety of different positive results. Also, it has to we have to incorporate our mental health into our fitness routine. If you absolutely hate running, but your personal trainer says running is the best way to spend your time, it gives you the most bang for your buck. Is that really a good use of your time? Are you really going to enjoy it? Are you really going to have fun? Is that sustainable? Is that helping you physically, mentally, emotionally? No. So like for somebody else, first of all, let me just get it out of the way. Pilates, take a Pilates class and tell me it's not worth your time, okay? There are, sure, there are beginner Pilates classes, but there are intense Pilates classes. I've been to one on the Reformer and it's intense, okay? It takes a ton of core work. It takes a ton of activation. It is hard. I would love to be doing Pilates reformer classes in my 40s and 50s and 60s. You know how healthy and fit I would be if I could do Pilates classes every day? Like freaking awesome because you are engaging all your muscles, your core muscles, stability, it's mobility, it's strength, it's functionality. It's insane. Bar is ballet. So if you really, really want to go talk to me about ballerinas and tell me that they're, go watch a ballerina and tell me that they're not they're not fit or strong or have balance and mobility and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's oh, it's an incredible use of your time, especially if you enjoy it because it is movement. It is strength training. It is coordination and balance and mobility and all those things that we know supports our body and keeps us functionally independent as we age. I, I spoke at this conference once and 
I basically, this was my whole talk was like, do what works for you. In other words, encouraging people to get into fitness, but encouraging them to get in, into it in the way that they want to. So yes, X person is saying, oh, you should only be running, but do you want to be running? Is that sustainable for you? Is that bring you joy? Does, is that exciting for you? Yes, we're all in agreement. We need to move more, but pick the movement that you like and that you enjoy and that keeps you excited and like keeps you wanting to do more and be better and get better at that and all the things, right? And the next person that got up after me, his, his like the title of his talk was literally like, well, you should only be doing like functional <laughs> training moving forward, like ditch everything else, only do like functional training. He was like kind of like a, a CrossFit kind of person. Why that was superior. It was literally like, why this is superior. And somebody even asked him, they were like, well, we just listened to this whole talk about da, 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 da. And he's like, well, I just wouldn't really, you know, it's just not what you need to focus on if you really want to get fit. Oh, okay. Thanks, bro. So like nothing wrong with him. Of course, he he's passionate about functional training, which I am too. I think it's awesome to be functionally, you know, get ourselves to a place where we can be functionally more in shape or fit or whatever the word is, you know, which just means we're better in our daily lives. Can Pilates and bar be, help you be better in your daily lives? Absolutely. So uh, it just it's just wild to me that we still have people saying that kind of stuff. And if it's worth your time, only you get to decide that, you know, if you enjoy it and it's getting you moving and you're activating muscles and working on things, then go for it. Yeah. Worth your time. Thank you for asking. I, you know, I, this was definitely a, a rant flavored response. Sometimes I wonder if people in our audience, like, are like giving us like, they're, they're like under pitching a softball at us. Like, yeah, like, Here you yeah, <laughs> here you go. Thank you. <laughs> I, I I fully believe it. All right, here's question number three. She said, I recently saw online that crockpots leach heavy metals like lead into food. Is there any truth to this? What are some safer alternatives? This is going to be a very quick answer. Okay, <laughs> she's Steph's handing it off to me. I did some research. I did some digging. I do know how to use the internet, and I and I dug deep. <laughs> I I pride myself. People are like, I couldn't find the answer to this. I'm like. I got it. I'm going to use the internet. I can find it. So I can, I can dig, I can find the things. I know how to type it in and find the discussions. So basically what had happened, and I found what it all kind of accumulated to was an NPR article. And it says, you know, can your ceramic cookware give you lead poisoning? And so basically what happened is, or this is how crockpots are made and this is how lead happens. So crock, uh, ceramic where it's typically glazed. So a lot of people, when you you think of your, your heavy crock pot, it's kind of like a glazed coating. Um, and that goes on before it goes in to be, you know, baked at a high temperature for a very long time. And these glazes sometimes contain lead to give products that shine. And so in 1988, there was a report in the Lancet and it said that if ceramics are baked for long enough or at hot enough temperatures, they may still be safe. But if not, the lead, there's some products, maybe if there's lead in this, these shiny things or shiny coatings that it can leach into food and cause lead poisoning and acidic foods and drinks are especially, you know, subject to this where these ceramics can can leak lead. So this could be a problem too for coffee drinkers when they're, you know, doing handmade ceramics and all the kind of stuff. So apparently there was a couple in Seattle who fell mysteriously ill. It was actually caused by lead poisoning from terracotta cups. 
I have not found anywhere where somebody has been poisoned by their crock pot. I think it's just somebody taking something again. It's sensationalized and saying ceramics and here's the glaze and but crock pot, the makers of that, that's like the brand. So these are actually called slow cookers, but crock pots like Band-Aid where crock pot is kind of now become the word, but that's actually the brand name. They actually do not use lead additives in its glazes. They actually have that on their automated messages on their phone system so that, you know, because people apparently have been calling them. So they do not use lead additives. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a crock pot company nowadays using lead in its glazes. I just don't like nobody in their right mind is going to do that. If you're going to be buying from these bigger brands like Crock-Pot, Instant Pot also like my Instant Pot actually has a Crock-Pot feature or slow cooker feature. Those are actually just stainless steel inserts. So I still have my slow cooker that is like a Hamilton Beach ceramic slow cooker, but I also use my Instant Pot. So if you're looking and you're just like, I don't want to deal with it, just get an Instant Pot with a stainless steel insert that also has a slow cooker setting. I did try to find what the bloggers were saying and a lot of holistic bloggers were saying, oh, maybe I should test it and test it with lead strips. And like everybody that tested their crock pot with lead strips, nobody found any traces of lead in them. So you can always buy lead strips. If you're, if you have like a 1970s crock pot and you're a little worried about it, this is something that your grandma gave you or something like that, you can always test it or you can just get a new one. I'd be very I think I think it'd, it'd be I just don't think there's a high possibility that some of these more new companies in 2023 are using lead in their glazes. Any thoughts from you? No. Cool. Last question is from Tone J. Horseth. I think I got that right. Parenting little ones stresses me out so much. I need tips not to be an exhausted mom. Yeah, I mean, considering that I may end up doing that. I would love some tips, Noel. <laughs> okay. How do you not be an exhausted mom? Okay. So I think probably where a lot of the exhaustion comes from is trying to live up to expectations. So outside expectations from school, from sports, from, you know, living up to the, what is it called? You know, living up to the Joneses or whatever. It's it's this thing that we have as a society now, especially with social media, where we are always seeing what everybody else is doing. We're always getting a peek into everybody else's family and their successes and what their child's doing. And they won the spelling bee and they are level eight gymnast. And this person just won state championships. And it's a lot. So I... <laughs> And even in school culture, it's been interesting for me because I have seen this interesting competition that happens with children and where your children's at and how smart they are and what they're doing. And are they doing it in this grade? And oh, my gosh, my child knows four plus four and he's in preschool, which, by the way, is me. That's me because my husband and I are so like my my son is so analytically minded and he can do math like crazy. And it's like we never taught him. He just knows. Right. So you maybe you would see me tag, oh my gosh, did you know Maverick knows math? And then my friend who I text is like, wow, my kid doesn't know math. Maybe I should, what do I need to do? I need to do more preschool books. Okay, let me go on Amazon. Let me order some math books. Now you're sitting, you're trying to do math with your kid. And then you see your other friend has their kid already in T-ball and he's like hitting the ball. And it's like, wow, that's a killer swing. My child's four and cannot do that. So like, 
maybe we should get you signed up for T-Ball. So, you know, it just, it's this constant need to, are we doing enough? And is my child going to be behind? And, you know, are we living up to society's expectations? And are they going to be smart enough? And are they going to be creative enough? And are they going to be athletic enough? And all those things. And it's very, very, very hard not to get wrapped up in it. So I think that that's one thing. You you can choose what's right for your family and what's right for your family dynamic. And you can lay those ground rules. I would have a serious talk with your partner and say, what are our, what are, before, because you can just get caught up in it, right? So what are what are our values as a family? What are we going to do? And what do we say no to? And, and what are our limits and our boundaries? Because it can be all consuming. I think a lot of times we feel the pressure, especially in this culture, there's a lot of pressure to, and somebody made a comment about this interestingly on social media, which is in our society, if you want to socialize, a lot of times now it's we're going out and doing things. So you're getting ready, you're doing this, you're doing that, and you're going to this place and then you're going to eat dinner and then you're going to do a movie and then you go back to your homes. Whereas 30, 40 years ago, like what were we doing growing up? We weren't going out and doing all these things and traditions and we're going here and now we're going to this place. And now we're going to that place. Like for playdates, we just like hung out in the neighborhood. And so I feel like now as a society and the way we live and the expectations and all that, it's always like, we've got to do the next thing. And some people even just have a hard time sitting at home on the weekends, not doing anything, but like, that's what we did a lot of times as kids. And so it's really okay not to have an action-packed weekend or to have days where you don't do anything. Like you just hang out at the house, you get things done, you relax, you play some games with your kids. And I don't feel like that's very normal in today's day and age. And it's hard. It's hard because you do want to socialize. You want to have friendships. You want your kids to have friendships, but it's always about going and doing things and getting ready and getting out of the house and all those things. And so I think I would just encourage you to make sure that you get into a community that you you like and, and that you love. Um, That was like a big priority for us. And that was the major thing that was like the number one thing for us after we had kids, which was like, let's get into a neighborhood that we love with you know, a neighborhood pool and and things, a place that we felt safe where kids could play and we could just, you know, exist and be comfortable. But also really set your boundaries and know what your expectations are for yourself and your family and your values. Because being a mom is exhausting for sure. The sicknesses, the sleepless nights. Nobody told me that at four, almost seven and five, my kids would still be getting up in the middle of the night, still be struggling with sickness and waking up coughing and scared and uh, you know all the things like the nights are hard the days can be hard it but when you have support and you have a foundation and you know what your values are and you're in a community that you like and you can say no to things you can say no if you don't want to travel on the holidays don't travel on the holidays you are under no obligation You and your family unit, you and your children, you are a family unit and you get to decide what you do now moving forward. So if you don't want to travel, if you want to say no, if you want to spend your Mother's Day not with your mother-in-law and you want to do it at home, do that. We, we, you know, I think we just, we have a lot of expectations. We have a lot of the generations above us have expectations. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard women struggling, mothers my age struggling because they've never had a Mother's Day. They've never had you know, a Christmas at home because they're trying to, again, meet everybody else's expectations. You don't have to do that. You can put your boundaries and say, no, this is what we're doing. 
even if you really like your family and you want to see them, you can do that another day. Like start spending holidays at home, especially this. I'm assuming this is question is surrounding the holidays because it is it's the holidays right now. But you can just spend a holiday at home. Like you don't have to actually do anything. So um, except be with your family and just enjoy the time and, and relax and actually get the recharge that you need. So that's where I will stop. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> we can get the time. I'm like, and seven minutes later. <laughs> yeah, no, it's thank. I mean, that's that's so helpful and important. Uh, a framework for for setting boundaries that I've been thinking over in my head. I won't remember the name. It was a tiny little book I read about attention. And we all have, I personally, I think if our free will is anywhere, it's with where we direct our attention. We all have the choice of where we put our attention. And one way to think about your attention is deciding what's your problem and what isn't. Hmm. And I've been helped in letting go of worrying about certain expectations or attending to certain things because I'm like, that's not my problem. That doesn't have to be my problem. Why should I adopt that as my problem? I have other problems such as the wellness and flourishing of my kids, for example, and I can more effectively address the problems that I want to own as mine if I'm not like ruminating, you know, right? Like, you know, writing letters to people or trying to patch different like relationship things or showing up for different groups or making sure that my, you know, kids do X, Y, and Z things like your focus in your, like your priority in your life, you know, like just let yourself, give yourself the permission to decide what's your problem slash priority and then do it. And if people like, uh, if people are judgmental about it, guess what? That also goes in the, goes in the bucket of not my problem, right? <laughs> Right. I like that. And and they can fester and be judgy about it. And how is that actually going to impact you when your kid's flourishing? You know, I want to I want to elevate exhaustion. Also, something that Noelle said to me that I thought was really wise when I saw her last was that and uh, I hope it's OK that I share this. I think it will be part of what's exhausting. What may be exhausting about being a mom is like the mental energy of 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 care and the mental energy of of trying to make sure that you know, that you're taking care of yourselves. And it's, uh, there is all of this, like, yeah, there's a new level of urgency of, of being able to like show up for life. And that's being responsible for the life of somebody else. And that's big, you know, but at the same time, like, I guess maybe a part of it is just acknowledging that things like nothing is ever perfect ever, ever, ever. And you just do your best with your parenting and you learn, and then you keep going. And if you realize that you could have done something better, like you do what you can to repair it and you just keep going. And that's how all people, like nobody in the history of anything, nobody in history has been a perfect parent, right? There's just, there's no such thing. And I don't know, again, if I end up parenting, then I will reflect more on on such questions. But these are just some thoughts related to what Noelle said. And we are definitely at time. And that is in large part because I talked about B vitamins for 20 minutes. So... Sorry, but also thank you. Will, and, and Noelle's answer was sufficient. I will close with this, which I love what you just said, which is, yeah, learn from your mistakes. So figure out why you are exhausted right now and start peeling back those layers and take some things out of your bucket. That's, that's what you got to do. That's great. I love that advice. For more from me, coconutsandkettlebells.com at coconutsandkettlebells on the Insta steps on X and stephanie.rupert talking about B vitamins and all the things. Thanks guys for being here. Happy 2024. We will talk to you next week.